In life, you don't always know where you'll end up and what path you'll take, but somehow you always seem to end up exactly where you need to be. I would have never thought growing up that I'd be making an art podcast and curating art every day, but here we are. For me, art was something that kind of fell into my life very unexpectedly and it just never left. This is the Myers World Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Johnson, and this is episode 12, Andy. All right, uh, my name is Andy Soto. That, that, that's the real, uh, you know, the, the, the correct pronunciation in Spanish. I'm from Panama and I'm currently living in Zadar, Croatia. And I'm a full-time artist. And that's it. Well, actually, artist, illustrator. I prefer to say illustrator. Um, because I focus mainly on my line arts made with fine, uh, fine liners and graphite. So where you grew up in Panama? Um, like as a kid, what was that like? You said you were surrounded by jungle. Yeah, it's basically they call it Monte. <laughs> it, um, it's a place called Arrejan, and it was very nice because it's what you, you you play with dirt and play around all day and play with ants and stuff. So and you will hardly hear anything around. We had like two neighbors. And that'll be it. And nights and evenings were very beautiful, you know, no pollution, no noise. And you could see the stars and the constellations and the Milky Way and stuff. So it's, it was quite, it, it was amazing. But it was too secluded, you know. I mean, all my friends were in the city and I lived so far away. I rarely had visitors at home. So that, that, that's basically it. Hey everyone, I have an announcement to make. I just launched our Patreon page to go along with the podcast. As you may know, Mired is Real is run by me and me alone, and it takes quite a lot of work, especially when it comes to the podcast. I hope that our Patreon will be a way to give out more amazing content while allowing you, the listener, to help the show grow. If you believe in the podcast and what I am trying to achieve, it would mean a great deal to me if you even considered signing up. Our cheapest tier is only $3 a month, and you can already get access to bonus clips that didn't quite make the final episode, and there's much more content to come. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Thank you for listening, and let's get back to the episode. And how did you go to school? Was there a school near your house, or, or did you have to go to the city? Oh, no. It, it took like two hours, two or three hours to get to school every day. And going back to to Going back home, it took three or four hours. It was traffic. It was hell in Panama. <laughs> it was, it was, I mean, it's not that far. It's not that far. It's like 20 kilometers from, from the city. But traffic was so messed up. It, it took all, almost like five hours daily to go to the city and come back. So basically, I was one of the, these kids that grew up in the jungle. <laughs> and the rest of the kids were like city kids like oh so if you want to go to movies i have to plan ahead at least like a month ahead so i was like oh okay, i want to go to the movies and it was <laughs> it was very difficult but i really enjoyed it because it was peaceful and i had tons of stuff to to work on i mean i i was obsessed with legos I was obsessed with drawing all the time. 
and I really enjoyed being by myself. So it wasn't so difficult on that side. But if I wanted to hang out with my friends or anything from school, I had to travel at least like five hours, like two hours in the morning, three hours in the evening. Ugh, it was hell. And what kind of stuff would you do for fun uh, when you were growing up outside the city in, in the jungle? What, what kind of things would you get into? For fun? Um, that, yeah, this will sound weird. I really like, uh, like, like playing with dirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was one of those kids, like, like mixing dirt with water and doing stuff. I, I liked playing with Legos and building roller coasters for my, uh, I don't, I don't remember how to call those canicas, but, uh, it's a small, small glass spheres. I don't remember the name in English, but, um, I really like building roller coasters out of Legos. I really like playing video games. Oof. Oof. I mean, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, all those things. I really, I, I, I spent so many hours playing whatever because we, we couldn't, you know, own the video games. We had to rent them. So every single, like, weekend, we will rent two or three video games and try to, you know, uh, play them entirely before giving them back. So it was, it was basically that and, and drawing. So you were always, uh, so were you always making art while you were growing up? Did, uh, was art always a thing? Uh, yeah, but it sucked. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I really enjoyed when I, um, discovered the whole manga and anime thing. I got so obsessed. I was so obsessed with it. And I was always drawing at, uh, at home at class. And, but, that's how I spent my time. Legos, video games, and drawing. That's it. I'm playing with that. <laughs> Andy was also super into anime growing up and would spend a lot of her time drawing her own versions of different anime characters. One series she really enjoyed was Sailor Moon, which I don't know a lot about, but I do know that the main characters were called Sailor Scouts, and they were kind of the good guys of the series, fighting crime and bad people. She would spend her time trying to make her own version of these Sailor Scouts. And I was like, ah, I wanted to create my own Sailor Scout, and I'm going to design some Sailor Scout outfits. And I would spend hours and hours during the weekends drawing stuff uh, j just because I wanted Naoko Takeuchi to notice my work someday. Because <laughs> I wanted her to see my Sailor Scout designs. Andy then became very fascinated with mangas as well and was super interested in creating her own one day. Mangas, if you don't know, are Japanese graphic novel comic books. They go hand in hand with anime. Often animes are adaptations of mangas. I wanted to become a mangaka instead of a, you know, like kind of an artist. I wanted to be a mangaka. For me, it was an obsession after I saw Robotech. I was like, ah, oh, I need to learn how to design makeup. So I went from obsession after obsession of trying to make things to, to, um, you know, impress other people. You know, like, you know, I, I can, you know, I can design makeup, right? Yeah, of course. 
<laughs> and I will sub- I will submit them somewhere so you can see it. And then I discovered some magazines. I don't remember the names right now. Um, I think one of them was Animanga. It was uh, an American magazine. I saw it once, and I I was like, I, I'm obsessed. I have to I have to submit my work to Animanga. I think it was Animanga. I'm not sure anymore. It was so long ago. We all have these memories in our life that put us on a different path, and anime and mangas were the seed that was planted into Andy's mind that put her on this path to being the artist she is today. Did you discover? Is like, how did you discover anime? Actually, like, uh, how did it enter your life? Um, there was a there was a time in, in the local TV shows, and in local TV, they they started with. Um, showcasing some animals in the afternoons and i was like what is this this is very nice and they started with i think it was astro boy when i was very very little and then i saw uh, messenger as well i was like i don't understand this because it was robots and stuff and then when i was 16 years old they started showcasing sailor moon and ranma and Senseiya. And I was like, oh, this is this is amazing. Ah, I need to know more about this. We did have a internet and, and at the school, but I didn't know how to use it. And then when I was um a little bit older, I discovered the internet. <laughs> I was like 14 years old. And I started downloading artwork from Sailor Moon that I didn't see before. And I didn't know what was the difference between anime and manga. And I was like, my head exploded. I'm like, what the hell? The style is completely different. The colors are completely different. If Sailor Moon artworks from the original mangas are so amazing, I would like to see more about this. And it was another obsession of mine to look out for new mangas, new animes, and just Spend all my afternoon comparing the differences. I was like, oh, wow, the colors, ah, it's amazing. So while Andy was interested in these m- mangas and animes, she would draw a lot and it was always fun. But it was this moment in high school when she saw this specific anime that it impacted her so much that she just knew then and there that she was going to be an artist someday. One of my professors in high school, he liked anime so much. He asked us to make um, uh, a th- it's, it's kind of a thesis, but it's a smaller one. You had to write something about uh, some subject. And he decided we had to watch Ghost in the Shell to, to write something in English. And I was like, whatever, we have to watch something? Blah. And then we went to the auditory and we watched Ghost in the Shell. And I was like, what? the hell is this <laughs> why haven't seen why this is the first time i see this i'm obsessed with shiro masamun now i want to be him <laughs> it was it was love at first sight and until now i'm obsessed with the work of shiro, uh, shiro masamun i mean he is it's beyond i mean yeah i don't know if it's human or maybe he's a mix of android or something I'm not sure how you're able to design those kind of things. But yeah, it was like, wow. So my English teacher 
liked anime and made us write something about Ghost in the Shell. And I got the worst publication. I mean, it was like my score for that written essay was shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, he gave me something that I will never forget. Like, yeah, this, this is what you want to do. You want to be an artist and you want to be this guy. The guy who created Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> While she knew she wanted to make art for a living, she also knew that it would take a lot of hard work to get there. Every time you say something, you know, it, it, it happens everywhere. Like, you tell your parents, like, I want to be an artist. Like, are you really, you're really sure you want to be an artist? Because the, the life of an artist is so tough. I was like, it's the same thing if you want to be a doctor or a nurse or an engineer. It's the same thing. I mean, you have to work your ass off. And it's the same. And they were like, ah, when did you study something else? And then if you, you still want to be an artist, you can be an artist. So I went to college and I and university and I studied advertising, which I don't like. <laughs> and when I started working, I started working on something completely different. Because I was working at Dell in sales and customer care and tech support. I did everything so i was like i still want to be an artist <laughs> it was very cool i mean i mean i know how to sell computers and networking and infrastructure for for businesses and corporations and i also draw yes Matt. <laughs> while it wasn't artistic she did enjoy helping out customers and making them happy you know um it was a mix i had mixed emotions because I was really good at it, you know. Um, I took all the trainings and I liked customer care for America, the United States. I'm like, ah, there were people yelling at me for eight hours. They're like, ah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, I will solve your problems and I will, I will make you happy. And then I changed to sales and I discovered that I was really good at sales too. And I was able to create report. And then I changed to tech support. And I was able to create report with technical things with my customers. When you work a job like this for 10 years, you don't really forget the skills you learned doing it. And Andy found that these skills actually helped her to be a better entrepreneur once she started to sell her works to collectors. But it's basically the, the, the whole customer experience thing that I currently use until now because that, that that thing you learn it and you won't forget it like never and i'm always like very focused on my customers even though i don't like to see them as customers i mean you can buy artwork from me but i won't see you as like you are my collector or my customer or buyer you become something for me i mean like a friend or a new connection and I learned a lot about those things in the corporation. But then I, you know, I burned out. While Andy worked at Dale, she didn't give up on the art. She was constantly drawing at her free time at work and many hours after getting home from work. One day, a friend told her about Instagram and how you could share your art on there and not just pictures of your cats and selfies. One day, I, I, I met uh, another artist in Panama. She's, uh, her name is Remedios. And she was like, 
why don't you create an uh, Instagram account? I was like, Instagram? Isn't that for photos of my food? And she was like, no, I mean, you should try it. Um, you can post your art and your processes, but you have to learn about hashtags and stuff because you have to use hashtags if you want people to see it. Uh, you know, it, they didn't have this algorithm thing like now, which was like, it was very simple. And I created this Instagram account and I started posting my pictures of selfies, you know, because I used to uh, take a lot of pictures with my phone. I, I was always obsessed with taking pictures of my cat and I would post them. And then one day I decided to post one of my sketches from my notebook. It was a really crappy sketch. And then people were like, hey, it's amazing. Oh, and I got like 50 likes. Like, oh, wow, this is, this is nice. And then I was so excited to get home to draw in my sketchbook. My drawings started became, um, becoming very, very uh, complicated. Andy, being an advertising major, realized that after she was starting to get attention on Instagram that she needed to refine her style, so she started trying different techniques and seeing how people reacted to it. I was like, I want to try, for example, ballpoint today. And I would start a sketch using ballpoint, and I would post it, and I would just wait and see, like, okay, let's see if, if people like ballpoint sketches. And it didn't work. Okay, perfect. It didn't work. Tomorrow. I will work something on graphite and fineliner. And then I will notice a difference. Like there was a pattern that people liked graphite with fineliner. Like, oh, okay, this is what people like. Andy then started to focus on the more marketing aspects of her Instagram page by, by focusing on hashtags and such. And then I started creating the hashtags. Like, okay, so my name, because, you know, my username in Instagram is Andy Machka. Andy Machka is Andy Cat, basically. <laughs> Machka is Cat in creation. A very professional name. But I, but I wanted to keep my last name. So like, okay, I'm Andy Soto, but my username is Andy Machka. And I never, you know, <laughs> I never did anything about cat. That's one of the funniest things. So my first hashtag was for Andy Soto. And, and then I learned the difference between, you know, kind of a difference between being an artist, which is, which is a general kind of name, and being an illustrator. And I was like, yeah, I want to be an illustrator. And I started learning at work. <laughs> uh, you know, going to Wikipedia, like, oh, what, what's an illustrator? What's an illustration? You know, uh, the definitions of those. Then Andy started to focus in more on the subjects of her works. Instead of just painting and drawing whatever came to mind, she started to work on a theme for her, works of art, and a story that the viewer could engage with. People like the line arts I make. Now I have to choose the subject. I always like drawing women because women have these beautiful curves. And I think the anatomy, you know, you can create so many things with women's anatomy. And I was like, I will focus on this. My subject will be female. And then I started like, okay, what else do you like? I like morbid things. <laughs> I like anatomy. 
I like skeletons. I also like botanical designs. I like uh, botanical illustration. I like ornithology. I like what else do I like? I like the darkness. I like philosophy. And then I started creating, you know, a mix of all this. And then I was able to create a product, kind of a product. Using her advertising knowledge and her customer service knowledge, Annie was able to craft a style of work that felt authentic to her, but would also connect to people and allow her to actually make a living selling her works. But let's not forget that while all this is going on, Andy is still working a full-time job at Dale. So she's putting most of her free time into building this art career. And people started noticing more, even more. And I was like, oh, wow. I started with like 12 followers to 1,000, I think, in a month. And I was like, oh, wow. What is this? I'm obsessed. And I became so obsessed. I was like, ah, always checking on my phone. And I will see the notifications. Like more people were, were discovering my work. And I was like, what if, what if I take this seriously? And I, and I sell some of those sketches. And I did. I put them like, ah, I have, a, I'm selling these sketches for, I think it was a ridiculous amount of, I don't know, it was $20, $30. It was ridiculous. I just wanted to, I just wanted those artworks to just fly away and be somewhere else, be in somebody else's home. And then it worked. I was like, oh shit, it's working. So, and then the subject became darker because I started to, you know, the input of my own emotions and feelings and it started becoming very, very, you know, difficult and emotional. The drawing started becoming more dense. Andy then got that amazing call, that amazing email that everyone wants. She got contacted by a gallery about doing a show in New York City. And then I was contacted by a gallery. I was like, oh man, this is huge. This girl from New York, oh God, she's from New York! And I was going crazy because she was like, I really like your work. And I saw it on Instagram, like, because she wrote me on Facebook. Because I also had um, a website, a page on Facebook. But she contacted me on Facebook and she told me, I saw you on Instagram. I was like, what is going on? And I was panicking. I was panicking. I was like, oh, no, is this real? It's happening to me. It's finally happening because I, I, I remember submitting my work to other galleries and everybody would say no because my work didn't, you know, didn't apply or it didn't fit because it was too manga or too anime. But then when I started taking it seriously and it started going on this dark side, this dark path of emotions, and it was so tied up with my own you know, feelings, people started noticing, like, okay, this girl has something to say, and she has something there, and it's very interesting. I, and I, I identify myself with, with her work. Oh, and by the way, 
nobody knew if I was boy or girl. I mean, I never, I, I never posted. Well, I did post a, a couple of selfies, but I never showed my face completely. And it was like, oh wow, nobody knows who I am, but they know my work. That's one of the things I was like, oh wow, my work is, you know, <laughs> it's like the, uh, it's like the front end of the thing. It, I, I, I'm, uh, it, my work is speaking for me. I don't have to show my face. Nobody has to know if I'm a boy or a girl. It doesn't matter. What what matters is that it's 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 my drawings. This whole process of creating works and and focusing on your style and getting into galleries. How long about did it take you uh, for all this to kind of unfold? You have to be very patient because you won't be successful. You know, I mean, for me, when I started working with galleries, I I was still working at Dell. You know, I, I was working at a nine to five. And then in the evening, I was trying to make this art thing work. And I spent like five years doing that thing until my husband said like, hey, it's time. I should, you should try this and do it and make it work for real. And it worked with lots of sacrifice though. Lots of sacrifice because um, you stop working nine to five and then you start working nine to midnight <laughs> to make things work. And it's not only artworks for yourself, you have to work for galleries, you have to design stuff, um, you have to have products. For example, some artists make uh, t shirts and merchandise. And I've been lucky enough that. I will live out of my artworks only. Uh, I don't have merchandise. I have a couple of stickers in my, my shop, but that'll be it. That's basically it. But it, it takes time. It's not a thing that you start today and then like, oh, I'll be insta-famous tomorrow. It has happened. I've seen it. But it's not real. I mean, it's not. it's not... You have to be like very, very lucky and you have to be like really, really good. And, but who defines good, you know? <laughs> I mean, you have to, it's a mix, it's a mixture of being lucky and being good at what you do and enjoying the process. Or maybe matching, you, you, your work is matching other people's feelings and emotions. That's, that's my case. That's my case. And, People collect my work because they feel a connection with me, even though they don't know me. But we have the same emotions. And that's it. I mean, there's no right, wrong uh, combo of things that you have to do to become a great artist or a successful artist in that case, because it's the difference. You can be a great artist, but the success, you know... <laughs> Finally, after many years of patience and hard work, Andy was at the point that she could finally leave her day job and begin working as a full-time artist. It, of course, it did take a little push from her husband, but she finally did it. When you left your job, were, were you worried uh, at all, or did you kind of have like a safety net saved up or anything? I didn't have anything. I mean, when I, when I resigned, uh, they give you so, a bunch of money 
that that will last for a month, a month or two. So basically, I was panicking because I, once I I left my job, I had to sell something, and I had to work my ass off to get the money I needed to pay for my bills. So I was kind of panicking because of that, but I was happy at the same time because I was doing what what I what I always wanted to do. And that was basically the inspiration to become better and be very organized and do what you have to do to be successful. You have to be sufficient uh, and all those kind of things you have to do. And do the office hours, you know, because it's not only that you will be creating all the time. You have to have your office hours, like answer emails, answer phone calls, contact people and submit your work. Do the stuff that you have to do to be successful, basically. Yeah, I was panicking, but it happens every time when you change jobs. If, even if a, it's a corporation job and then you change to another corporation job, you'll be nervous, you'll be anxious. It happened to me too. But I was lucky enough to have, uh, you know, support from my husband. And he, he'll be like, I will help you until you get back up on your feet. Uh, but, you know, you have to work hard for this. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I totally agree with you. So basically it was it. I mean, he, I was lucky enough to have him as my support while I was trying to sell my work <laughs> into the art world. After living her whole life in Panama and many years in the busy city, Andy was fed up. Uh, the hustle and bustle of the city, the loud noise, it was starting to irritate her, and she needed to seek more peace. Her husband is actually part Croatian, and when they were in Spain visiting her sister on holiday, they started to talk about moving to Europe, and when they finally went to Croatia, she fell in love. I was like, let's go to Croatia, and we went to Croatia, and I fell in love with the peace, because it's like, no noise. You can if you have tinnitus here, it, it's a nightmare because there is like no noise. I swear to God, and it's so peaceful. And Hitchcock was right. The sunsets here are massive, and it's amazing, and it's so beautiful. And I was like, it was like love at the first sight. It wasn't even with the person; it was with the place. And I was like, people were like. This place is called Zadar, and it's in the coast, in the Dalmatian coast. And most Croatians are like, you want to move to Zadar? Are you sure? <laughs> like, nothing happens here. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to be in the big city, because it's Zagreb. Zagreb is a, it's the capital of Croatia, and it's, it's peaceful as well. It's kind of chaotic in its, its special way. But it's not the same as Panama. Panama, uh, Panama City, it's kind of a, it feels like Miami, you know? It's chaos everywhere. The traffic is hell. It, it's a bunch of stuff happening at the same time. If you, if you get like, uh, saturated and overstimulated easily like me, you find it very hard to concentrate in a big city. And I've been in Miami, and it was like, okay, it's like feels like Panama. It's the same thing. And 
being a girl that grew up in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by jungle, I felt like living in the city wasn't my thing. And how does it feel to finally achieve that dream of being a full-time artist and just getting up and, and creating what you want to create for a living? Oh, it's, it's something. I have no words to describe it. I mean, I go, I go to sleep thinking about, about it almost every day. Like, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm a full-time artist and I'm going to be a mom full-time artist that's that's insane i was like what <laughs> obviously it was like it's kind of difficult like maternity leave i had to pay for my own maternity leave <laughs> but it's crazy i'll be able to keep creating and working on my on my stuff while having this little guy around now so yeah it feels great it's unbelievable. It's not easy. Sometimes it's not that good. Sometimes there are months like you won't be able to sell anything, but you have to just keep working. And if you keep pushing and pushing and exploring your options and subjects, you will be able to make it too. That's basically it. Now, living in Croatia, Andy is able to breathe and take her time when it comes to her art and let the process flow. She's currently working on many shows and projects and is expecting her first child. I want to thank Andy for doing this podcast and, and thank all of you for listening to her story. I hope that this podcast is able to reach the people who need to hear it the most and I hope these stories help artists grow. I'm putting a lot of time and work into these shows, so if you enjoy, please share it and please consider signing up for our Patreon page if you would like to support us while receiving more bonus content. I'm putting up a lot of clips on there, and hopefully, if we reach a certain amount of funding, I'll be able to produce Patreon-exclusive episodes, as well as these free episodes that I've been doing. This is the Myers Podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode.